You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Happy All Saints Day. Um, you, if you have not been a part of the church or maybe haven't grown up in the church, um, and maybe for so many of us who have come from kind of non-traditional churches, this is all pretty new and different, and it's awesome though, isn't it? And it smells so good. Um, this is uh, All Saints Day, and we're all white. What is the big deal about All Saints Day? Um, well, throughout this whole week, actually, the celebration was earlier this week, but we moved it to Sunday so that we could all party together and celebrate All Saints. Um, but throughout this week, I found a little, probably too much joy in wishing people um, like happy, obscure church day out in public. So, you know, I'm at the store and I'm like, hey, happy All Saints Day. And they look at you and they look at me with a collar and there's this weird kind of like, yeah, bro, I don't know what that is, but it's cool. Um, and I don't do it to be awkward, but I'm actually very excited to celebrate this with others, even to tell other people about this wonderful holiday that this is. So if, uh, if that's an encouragement to you out in public to be, you know, unintentionally, but just yourself weird, that's fine. Uh, I do that all the time. You guys, I don't have to explain that to you. It reminds me um, how different when we go into the world, uh, it reminds me how different the church tells time than the rest of the world, actually. When you're saying things like happy all saints or when, uh, when Advent rolls around and everyone's trampling over each other to buy presents, the church is fasting. Happy Advent. It's not Christmas yet. And we await the coming king, hearing from the prophets and these, these words of judgment that are coming. We're in a different mode of time in church time. And can I just give us all permission as church folks, as people saints in the church? That's weird and that's okay. We don't need to see the world the way the world sees the world. We don't need to tell time the way that the world tells time. We have our own way of seeing reality. We have our own clock that we're running on, and it is the time of the kingdom of God. And when we look into the world, the, the headline, the announcement isn't, we're all going to hell in a handbasket, things are terrible. Though The announcement is, God is coming to establish his kingdom, and he's doing it here and now. So turn to the kingdom, repent, prepare a way for the Lord. We are weird as Christians. We have a different story, a different timeline, don't we? And that's okay. All Saints is one of those weird moments. And it gives us a chance to embrace and celebrate a part of that enchanted view of the world. That we join a holy family that stretches through time and space. People have already passed on that belong to this family. People have yet to come that belong to this family. It's kind of like this uh, reunion of the eternal church is what All Saints Day is really about. We realize even here in South Austin in this room, we're not alone. And, and yes, kind of in a creepy way. We are not alone. We're praying in the back before the service and we're praying, Lord, we know we're not starting this liturgy. We're just joining the liturgy that's already been underway for all of eternity. Help us to see the saints that we worship with. Help us to see rank upon rank of angelic hosts that join us in worship, that we join in worship. Help us to see this great family reunion that we have as the church when we come to celebrate all saints. And when we come together, as with any family reunion, we realize just how weird our family is. It's not a regular family. So if you can imagine what we're doing today, we're kind of flipping through the photo book 
of the family, like, oh, that's your uncle, we don't talk about him, you know, or that's your aunt, she's amazing, let me tell you some stories. That's what we're going to do today. Or like when Facebook shows you photos from like eight years ago, and you're like, oh, look, remember that? This is kind of what the church is doing today, remembering as a family all these wonderful memories that we have together and who we are, who's in this family and who they are. Um, and here's why, though. We don't just do this to be nostalgic or um, because it's just what the church has always done. The reason we celebrate this day is because we celebrate how wonderfully strange Christ has made us like himself. He's made us a holy people. In Jesus, we have a different identity. We join a different family than the ones that we come from. In Jesus, we are saints. We are a holy people. And too quickly, we forget this fact, right? That we and Jesus are a family and we belong to him. And actually, uh, if you want to know about us, you have to look at Jesus because he tells us more about ourselves than we can even imagine. This is why it's so important for us, just so that we would remember who you are. So I'm going to spend some time today leaning in a little bit on you guys and on me as we remember who we are. This morning, um, I'm going to focus on um, the epistle that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. There's a few readings today that are coming from All Saints from a different angle. And I want to look at Ephesians 1 um, to consider this, this family that we come from, starting in verse 11. I'm starting in verse 15. It says this, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. You know, I'd like to think that if Paul was um, uh, writing a church letter to us at Res, it might sound something like this. I would love, wouldn't you love it if St. Paul, the St. Paul said, Res, I've heard of your faith. Y'all are wonderful. The things that God is doing among you Amazing, and I, I can't cease to give thanks to you, uh, for God for you in my prayers. Our faith in Jesus and our love toward all the saints uh, carries a reputation that so much so that even St. Paul would say, look, I've heard about it, it's amazing. I think for so many of you, your faith in Christ has renovated you and sent you into the, the world to love others, and you just kind of can't help it when you come in contact with Jesus. You're being made a saint. I see it everywhere. And those who set up the chairs that you're sitting in, saints did that. Isn't it nice when saints are around doing things? Because you just get like a chair set up for you. And that's how nice. Isn't it nice that you can come to church and someone's ringing the bell at you? By the way, we got a new bell to let you know when to come to church. Or we got people who come early and make coffee. There's all of these saints who are busy at work doing what saints do, not out of an obligation, not even to get a thank you out of somebody, but because they love Jesus and they're compelled to love other people. This is what saints do. Isn't it nice to benefit from the lives of saints? It's good. It's so nice. This idea of a saint Someone in our church family that has so loved Christ before all else that God's love and power has transformed them from the inside out. So much so that now what we see in these people's lives, these saints, we see Christ flowing through them to us. We recognize something beautiful and good and true when we interact with them. And that beauty and that goodness and that truth, that's, that's Christ transforming them, flowing through them to you. Saints change the world in small little bursts of Christ and God's glory. And so often 
those little bursts go unnoticed. And the saints are okay with that because they know this is all in the Father's hands. He knows what he's doing. In Christ, St. Paul writes, and I want to read for you verse 17 right after what we just read. Um, This is who you can be as well. It's not just for the elite. Listen to this in verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? Do you see that? He's asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, that that wisdom would be bestowed upon you because wisdom comes from God. It's a gift that comes from God. It's not a a catalog of facts in your head, but it is a, a wisdom, a knowledge of how things really work that Paul is praying for us to receive. And a revelation, an opening of eyes that we would be revealed to reality. Saints aren't people who are just super pious and, and religious and they live in fantasy land. Saints are people who see reality for what it is. They see the world for what it truly is. And when they see things this way, they come in contact with a real hope. That Paul talks about the hope which God has called you to, and the riches of his glorious inheritance. Saints are people who see the world bathed in the Father's glory. Wouldn't you like to see the world that way? I think immediately of artists. That's what they're kind of, I think, trying to do in all of their art, to uncover, to dig up, God's glory, his beauty in mundane places and in things. Wouldn't you love to see the world charged with the grandeur of God, as Gerard Manley Hopkins put it? And not just so that we can sit around and take in the view, though that would be wonderful, but when we see things this way, it's for something. It's so that we might realize who we are in Christ And now what we have to live for in this world bathed with God's presence and his power. Wouldn't it be nice to see the world that way? You may sit here this morning and think, man, I'm a a loser. That's who I am, Sean. You you should see my life. I've tried and failed and failed and failed and failed more times than anyone I know. I'm a loser. My life is hopeless. I'm a nobody. Someone may have rejected you along the way, done something super hurtful to you, broke your heart, taken your dreams and crushed them. You may even come from a family that's super screwed up. You may even be, at this point, beginning to believe the lies that so many loved ones have been telling you for so long. Maybe this is the first time you've really heard the news about who you really are. You belong to a family of saints. You belong to a family of holy people. The most beautiful, the most good, the most true human beings who have ever walked the planet. You belong to them. That's your people. That's your crew. That's who you belong to in Christ. It's not blood that gives you identity. It's water that tells you who you are. 
That's why we remember our baptisms. Remember who you really are. It's so hard to lose sight of that. By water, by the cross of Christ, that we are adopted into this family. Once outsiders, no longer anymore in Christ, we're baptized into his death and resurrection. We become a holy people in Jesus. That's who we are. You see, God takes sinners, losers, people who have just been mired in the filth of life and failure and sin, and he bathes them in the life of his son, Jesus. He adopts them as new creations, he speaks over us. He fills them, pours out his spirit, his own spirit, and we breathe in his own godly spirit of life. God says to you, once you were not a people, but now you are my people, he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This is how saints are made. People aren't born like levitating or something or glowing with like a saintly radiation or something. They're, people aren't born saints. God makes saints of sinners. He takes people like us and he transforms them into the likeness of Jesus. That's what a saint is. A sinner who welcomes Christ. Did you know that this is the family you come from? Ancestry.com won't tell you that. You could pay a lot of money. It'll tell you something else. You may not hear this anywhere else, but this is God's announcement. And these family members, they're more than good examples to us. They help us make sense of who we are, who we are in ourselves. Have you ever met somebody and then met their family and said, oh, now I totally get you. Right? When Michelle met me, I was weird. Then she met my family. She's like, oh, this goes deep. Like, this, these people are strange. Well, when, when people come in contact with you, um, really, if they need to get to know you, they kind of get to know the rest of the church, the rest of the saints in your life, the people you're related to. And we're weird, and that's okay, but it's a glorious weirdness. Some of you might feel right at home when you meet these new family members that maybe you've never met before, like St. Aidan who defied society and rebuked what was totally acceptable. He was the original punk rock of Christians, okay? By sharing Christ with the rich elite and the disenfranchised poor and women, he was totally going against social norms. And he said, what the heck? This is, this is such good news, I have to share it with these people. Even to slaves, St. Aidan went and shared the faith. You're, you're related to this guy. Or maybe you can relate to the mystics like Evelyn Underhill or Hildegard of Bingen who had bold visions of God's glory and teachings that they would give about the harmony of all of God's creation. They had this cosmic scope of God's beauty and his intense love for regular people like us. Or maybe you can relate to William Tyndale whose love of God's word led him to risk everything to translate the scriptures into the language of the people. He was killed for this, and it was worth it to him. What a bold man. This is your uncle. This is the family you belong to. Or maybe you're a creative who finds wonder, the wonder of God in the mundane, in regular things. Leads you to write poetry or music. This is how you just can't help yourself but worship God. Of course, of course you do that. It's not weird. Do you know who you're related to? Of course you do that. It's in the family with poets like George Herbert, John Keeble, or lyricists like Charles Wesley. These hymns that we have together. We could, I mean, there are so many poets, Christian history. Or maybe you're a social activist like Oscar Romero, who 
spoke out against dictators, defied entire dictatorships, spoke out against torture and poverty in El Salvador. And this is our primo, our uncle, our cousin, who was assassinated while celebrating the Eucharist. Now, how dope is that? If you're going to go out, to go out like that. Gosh. Or maybe you're like Richard Allen, one of the most powerful black leaders who spoke out about racial reconciliation and fought for a church in which free black folks could worship without oppression and harassment. Maybe you're like, yeah, I'm related to this guy. I got the same thing in my bones. We could, I could go on through this photo album that we have of the saints of our, of our church. But Rez, I just need you to know this is the family you come from. These are your people. You are made one with Christ's holy body. The saints are the people whose lives are broken and poured out for the life of the world. And we get to see that beauty and celebrate it and say, yeah, these are our people. These are my people. One of the key ways that we practice this particular commitment to a people, though our people is throughout space and time in, in Christ's holy church, one way that we do that here at Res, it, concretely through baptism and confirmation, and even in this local parish, is to participate in the commitment of membership, which is really about formation saying, I'm going to decide not to be uh, kind of here and there or move about, but I'm going to make a commitment to these people to say, these are my people, this is my family. I'm going to plant my feet here and I'm going to grow in Christ here through thick and thin. I'm going to be with these people. And that gift of membership isn't just a gift for them, but it's a gift to all of us who say, okay, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to abandon each other. We're going to grow in Christ together here in South Austin, and we're going to participate in God's mission for the sake of others. We are going to be the saints here in this neighborhood is what membership is really about. We're about to celebrate this together. But as we do, I just want you all to be reminded of the great family Christ has made us, who is the head of this body. All rulers, all powers, all of the people who have given you different information about who you all, they're actually all subject to him. And what he says about you as his family, as his beloved, as his holy people, that trumps everything else. That's the last word about who you are. So this morning I ask, would you welcome that identity, that call, that hope that we have in Jesus? Would you open your life to becoming a saint of his this morning? Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.